Amen. Well, if you're just tuning in, you've been prayed for. And I'm going to jump in with the title, Find Your Life. And if you just stop right there, you say, what in the world is he talking about? We're going to unpack that today. I believe that the Lord was showing us some really cool things this week as I've just been studying and sharing and, and meeting with folks. God is always on time, isn't he? Now, a lot of times we're not on his timetable. Does that mean he's any less God? Absolutely not. But I'm going to tell you what, he's working all things together for the good. So as I was just praying this week about how, Lord, how do you want to use my life? How do you want to, uh, you know, guide my life? What is it today? You know, I can't take too big of a bite. How about you guys? I got to do it in baby steps, you know. And I really believe that's the best way to do it because a lot of times if we take off running, guess what? We, we leave God behind sometimes, right? Or over to the side. And I know this from walking with the Lord for quite a while. I do a whole lot better when I'm walking with the Lord. How about you? So I want to talk a little bit about our identity. And many times when I talk to folks, uh, they find their identity in who they are and what they do or what they've done or where they live or what they've accomplished. But what we can find many times, they got all this who they are wrapped around things that are very temporal. You know, if you go to a party, you meet somebody, and it's, it's fine, man. I think we should be uh, able to share about what God's done in our life. But if I say, hey, tell me a little bit about you. What's the first thing they're probably going to say? They're going to talk about their job, right? They do. Oh, I'm a fireman. I'm a this and I'm a that. And, I, and man, thank God for each gift that God has given us. What would happen if somebody asked you this? Well, tell me about your life. I'm a Christ follower. What do you think would happen? Would they smile or would they give you the stiff arm? See, a lot of times people say, oh, this is some religious guy. And I have to tell them all the time, I'm not religious. I'm not religious at all. I'm in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, as you walk that out, you find out there's a big difference. Because religion's a bunch of laws and rules and do this and get this. But we are under what? Grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am so thankful for that. And so as we take a little time today to walk through some of the things that God showed me, I pray that you guys are encouraged with that. So I'm going to start with our scripture. You got your Bibles, that's fine. If not, I got most of the stuff up here. And this is what's going on. I want to read this to you and we'll kind of unpack it a little bit. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, and we're going to do a little bit digger, big, uh, deeper digging here in a minute. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Anybody ever heard that? Is that easy? It usually is because we got a lot of what in the way? Us. A lot of self in the way, you know, selfishness. But really what happens, Jesus explains the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your, your soul, and your mind. And they, you know, this is what was happening. If you go back in that chapter a little bit earlier, the religious leaders were trying to trip Jesus up a little bit. And I'm going to unpack a little bit more on that. But, but they were trying to, to, to trip him up and say, well, it, it, what, what's the, the greatest commandment? They want to see, was he going to go against the law? Was he going to go against what, what Moses had been preaching and teaching? They were out to get him. But how many know God's always on time? You know, he, you're not going to outsmart Jesus. He's already been through it, you know. And so as we go through that, when we start looking at this, each of these refer to a command center on our life. I, I love the way that wrote in my notes and I put that down. It says it, it goes to us. And we look at it, Jesus uses three terms together to emphasize the importance. The Lord wants you to love him with everything you have. Wow. I'm going to let that just lay there for a minute. The Lord wants us to love him with everything we have. If we really have given our heart to the Lord, and let me tell you, it's a daily thing, minutely thing, hourly thing sometimes. Not giving our life to the Lord, but walking in that. You know what I'm talking about. If it's all his anyway, why do we hold on to it so tight? Right? And as we study God's word, we find out <clears throat> that really we're just managers. We're just stewards of what the Lord has entrusted to us. And I'm not just talking about giving and stuff. I'm talking about our time, 
I'm talking about how we invest in others, how we invest back in the Lord. So I'm going to do a little bit of reading here. And I, I thought this right here, let me get a swig of this water because I think it's going to get hot in here. We're going to preach to some Jesus up in here, all right? I'm ready. You know, I miss Mr. Bobby here traveling a little bit. Mr. Bobby, when he walks in, he said, come here, son. I said, what's going on, Mr. Bobby? Said, let, me, let me feel your face a little bit. I said, yeah. I said, I'm doing right. He said, yeah, you're going to be hot today. <laughs> he said, you're going to be hot today. So, so I'm, I miss Mr. Bobby. He's on the road, but he's doing good. And, and so, so I just got to be hot today. I got to encourage myself in the Lord. But one of the most important preparations for a Christ-centered life is to remember that all our allegiance and our first love is the Lord. To truly find your life, we need to have it centered on Christ. Can somebody say amen about that? That's what we need to do. But you know what? We got to keep on rolling. So think about this. Told you a little bit about what was going on. I'm going to read this to us here. And I'm going back to 36. I'm going to read these four verses here to kind of set the stage. And like I said, the Pharisees were trying to set Jesus up. How many know they had tried to do that often? You know, isn't that something? I'm just going to sidetrack for a minute. Isn't it amazing that they're the, the, the religious leaders, the who's who in the church, supposedly. And Jesus comes on the scene pointing to his heavenly father, right? Our heavenly father. And, and all they want to do is say, he's got to go. He's working our side of the street. Hey, what's going on? You know what? A lot of times in our jobs, in our marriages, in, in different situations, we can have that same battle with our integrity, can't we? They just want you to just not look at the, the bottom line a little bit. They just want you to go, well, just you, you know where I'm getting at this stuff. I pray that we are, are people of integrity and stand for all that God has for us. Amen? So he starts at verse 36 and says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment? In the law, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Man. That, see, Jesus looked back and he saw their evil desires. How many know God looks at the heart? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it help us a little bit if we just looked at the heart instead of the outside appearance? If you're thinking about getting married and stuff like that, look at the heart, right? Because everything else will sag and wrinkle and fall out and turn gray and everything else, amen? Am I telling you the truth? Gravity is not your friend. It is not your friend. It might keep you from floating off, but I'm going to tell you what, everything else starts getting this later on. Man, I tell you what, you know, isn't it amazing now? You, you're at your house and you think you get everything just right. You say, okay. And then I get to work and we got bright lights. I go, who is this old man? I look at that in there. And then your buddies, you go out to eat and you come back and they don't tell you you got something in between your teeth. You're talking to everybody. You got a big meeting. You go, hey, how you doing? You go, greetings. And they're going, you know, come on, work with us a little bit. But I'm going to tell you what, look past all those things and look at the heart. You know, one of the things I say a lot of times when, I, when I'm texting, and I'll tell you, I want to tell you, my phone has been on the blink. Man, we need to pray for that thing. So, like I always said, if I don't get back with you in a reasonable amount of time, I didn't get it. Because you know I'm a people person. I want to check in and see what's going on. So, but what I also find is this. As we go through life, a lot of times we have to make a stand. Now, he talks about loving the Lord with all our, our, our heart and all our mind and all our soul. And then he talks about loving our neighbors as ourselves. Anybody got any neighbors? Don't raise your hand. That's hard to love. I bet you my neighbors say that. <laughs> I bet you my neighbors say, oh, my goodness, look out. But, man, I love people, and I try to encourage them when I can, you know, and see what's going on. But, but here's the thing. As we go through, if we get our love relationship right with the Lord, everything else is going to fall in place. I'm not telling you everything's going to be perfect. 
I'm not telling you that you'll never have a bad day, that you'll never worry and things like that. But I'm going to tell you what, when we set the foundation of our heart, mind, and soul on the Lord Jesus Christ, let me tell you, you are in the right proximity for God to get that message to you. How many people like hearing from God? You know? You know, a lot of times I talk to people, I say, man, you know, I feel like the Lord's nudging me in this area or this and that. You know, God can talk to you any way he desires. Moses got a burning bush. We're blessed to have the Bible. Sometimes the Lord will choose, uh, you know, people in the church to speak into your life. But I'm going to promise you this and something we always need to do. Whether I say it, anybody says it, whatever. Line it up with the word of God. Always line it up with the word of God. It's, God is not going to speak into your life something contrary to what he's written in his word. Amen. So that's the, that's the blueprint of our life is following the, the, the Lord through his word and spending time in prayer. So we want to center our life on Christ and, and follow in the footsteps. Now, how did Jesus treat people? Who did, who did he eat with? He was sinners and everything else, different things like that, you know? He always said, well, don't, don't, don't run up to the front of the table and try to get the, the place of honor. They might embarrass you, you know? But he, he, he wants us to be humble. And I tell you what, when we realize how much God loves us and what he's done for us, that he gave his only begotten son for us to have eternal life, that's humbling. And if we keep that before, it's just like our message we were talking last week about remembering the blessing that God has given us through Christ. Let me tell you, it will help us keep centered on Jesus. Everybody doing good? Say amen. Amen. So the first point I want to talk about, we need to live a life that is centered on Jesus. Amen. So take a look at this. Somebody might say, why? I just told you, Jesus died for our sin. If nothing else, just get that. But there's so much more. To realize that each and every one of us was in a state of fallen, sinful nature. See, when you you talk to somebody and you share, I I don't know about you guys, I did not have a problem realizing that I was a sinner. I had that part down. I wanted to know what the remedy was. And when they told me, who it was, and it's not that I can live up to it or that I can work for it or anything, that God would come and take me right where I am. And let me tell you, celebrating from 1995 till now on Halloween night, somebody came outside the church and told me about Jesus. Transformed my life, man. Now, did I jump in and woo and memorize the Bible, all that? Let me tell you all something. If, you, if you're, you're new to just walking with the Lord, God will take you where you are. I didn't know why there was red letters in the Bible. I didn't know why didn't they say, just tell me what page it's on. I knew nothing but this right here. I need Jesus. I knew that my sin separated me from God. And I knew God was awesome and holy. And God's not there trying to smack you down. God's trying to lift you up. He loves you. If you ever doubt the love of Christ, look to the cross. If you were the only one here, he still would have gave his very best to bring you home and restore us, man. So now, if you got that in your heart, got that in your mind, that in your spirit, maybe it'll help us stay centered on Jesus. Look at this. He wants you to see his love for you. Man, when we see the love that he has for us, it will inspire us to live for him. I want you to write that down if you can. When we see the love for Christ, it inspires us to live for him. It draws us to a greater understanding and a deeper relationship with the Lord. Let's just look at it on a level with friends, family, something like that, business partner. If you ever had somebody that really stepped out and did something for you because they loved you, what did that do to your heart? It's amazing. They didn't have to. They didn't do it because, oh, you know, I'm going to get something later. 
They just saw a need and they blessed you in that. And I pray that we all are grateful for that. But you know what? Most folks that do that and they do it for the right reasons, they don't care if you thank them or not. They did it because they felt like God asked them to. But I'm going to tell you what. When you go to be a blessing, I found this in my life. You always seem to be getting blessed. Isn't it something? You end up being blessed. I, you know, if, if I feel like the Lord's, uh, you know, sharing something with me to do something, and, 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 I, and, I'm obedient, and when I'm obedient to that, I'm the ones that end up being blessed. I've told the story to many, many of you guys before, but I see some new faces. Years ago when we were going to go on a mission trip, uh, Becky that comes, we switched out sometimes from Shoreline. She has a ministry called Pure Water Ministry uh, in Utah and Arizona for the Navajo people. And she kept saying, well, why don't you guys go? Why don't you guys go sometime? And I'm like, I got to take off work. Right? That's how narrow my brain was. We got to pay to go. Where's all that going to come from? Right? So she had mentioned this to me a couple times, right? And I was still kind of early in my walk and, and everything. And I was right in front of the credit union on With Creek Road. I can remember it just as clear as this. And I was whining to God. I said, you know, I only got a little bit of vacation. If we go, we got to stay a week. I mean, I was giving them the list, man. I just can't do it. And you know, I just spend money on it. And you know, I need this on the truck and all these things. And I heard clearly in my spirit, I just wanted to use you. Woo! Man, I started crying like a baby. Let me tell you, when God starts working on your heart, it'll make your head shrink. I'll tell you what right now. He used to say, my buddy used to say, it's good to let your eyes water every now and then to keep your head from swelling. It humbled me. It humbled me. And I said, I want to go. <laughs> I want to go. So we went. I know nothing about traveling. I'm the guy that gets to Richmond and calls back and says, what time is it there? I mean, I don't go nowhere, man. You know, I really am. Hey, can you hear me? Like my dad, my dad called people in West Virginia. Hey, how you doing? You, can, you know, he's talking louder. Oh, my dad. I miss that guy. I got to tell you this real sad, sir. My dad would try to relate to anybody. i never forget. We go to Kmart, and there's this little Oriental lady up there at the counter. I said, oh, my God, I'm not going by there. My dad goes, how you doing? <laughs> what? She didn't go, well, I'm fine there, big boy. I, would, I wish you would. You know, he's just trying to relate. We, we, you know, it's just crazy. But when time went by and I had the opportunity to go, now I'm going to tell you, well, thank the Lord for Miss Tanya and the other ones. They're travelers. And one of the person, people on our team was a uh, travel agent. So you know what I do? I just grab stuff. Tanya's like, this is over here, this over here. Somebody's over here, Bruce grabbing this. We're just walking. I'm just walking, I'm just walking, I'm just walking. I'm just doing what they told me. I don't know nothing, man. So we go and we have a blessed time, man. Now, I, I got to share this too. How many people know that I should not have hand tools? Now everybody knows, right? Everybody that works with me going, they don't give them that. Give them a procedure, give them a drawing, don't give them nothing. We got there and we were working on a bathroom for the church. And the guy was there, everybody went inside, right, doing something. And the guy had a nail gun. I love this story. He had a nail gun. And he was communicating and he was going, he just went like, I get to use the gun? Woo! I'm out there. I got that nail gun. I'm going, so he walks up. I'm shooting, so I'm splitting boards and everything else. And in slow motion almost, I see the team come around going, no. 
no, don't. I was like, what? They go, no. <laughs> so I did get to use the nail a couple of times, but that was a short-lived thing. But somebody believed in me or somebody didn't know me. But anyway, we made it through, man. But I got to see the love of God in serving. I got to see the love of God when I'm just available. How about y'all? It was crazy. Got one more crazy story. So we're coming back and we're all, we're all Jesus up, man. We've seen people getting saved. We're seeing God moving. We're doing a tent revival every night, you know, and we're coming back. I think we're like in DC, however we fly there. And when you go in there, you got to take, you, I, I took my red guitar, that guitar right there. And because a lot of times with the pressure and stuff of the, the uh, flying and stuff, they said, well, just undo the strings a little bit. So it won't damage your guitar. So they're all running everywhere. I said, oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. So I'm doing this and everything else. And Tanya was talking everything. I said, what? Got her hand caught in that thing. Ah! I said, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. We got to get on there. Right? So we fly from there to about Norfolk, right? Well, man, I don't know where we were at. We went to the next place. We get off. She's over there like that. I said, I'm sorry about that. I said, sorry about that. So I go to the restroom and I come out. And this family was there. And they go, hey, we know you. I go, you know me? How you doing? I said, how do you know me? She said, you play guitar, don't you? I said, yeah, matter of fact, I do. I said, how'd you know? She said, I saw you shut your friend's hand in a guitar case back in D.C. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to say, yeah, man, I got one of your CDs. I got, yeah, no, you about broke that woman's hand back in D.C. Sorry. That will bring you some humbling morning. I go, I'm sorry about that. That's all right. So just being honest with that. But we get to see the love of God through the people of God and our obedience to God. And you can have a good time doing that, too. How many people are excited about being saved? To know that God came and saved you, rescued you, set you in the family, and you no longer have a ticket to hell, but you got a ticket to heaven. And God wants to work in your life now. He wants to speak into your life. He brings people in your life to encourage you and stuff. Look at this. I want you to know this. Jesus restores the broken. I guarantee you in a crowd this size, everybody has felt broken at some time. You might even feel like that right now, but God will not leave you by yourself. I'm promising you that. We have his word on it. Many times people have been through difficult, difficult times, man, and it's so tough. But we find our true life in Christ as we begin to heal and grow in him. I'll give you an example. The life of Peter, right? One of the disciples. I'm so glad they wrote about him because I fit that bill. Number one, he was a loud mouth, you know? And Peter, he would just go off halfway, man. So he's walking with Jesus and everything else. He's doing pretty good. They go in the garden. They're getting ready to come get Jesus to take him away. What does he do? He slices somebody's ear off. Right? Love yourself. Love the Lord your God with all yourself and love your neighbor like, like yourself. Right? That's not what I'm talking about. But God still used him. And earlier in the story, he says, Lord, I'll tell you what. Ain't nobody taking you. I'll translate here. You my main man. Uh, they ain't nobody taking I'll tell you what, I will lay down my life before they take you. The Lord said, get behind me, Satan. You, you're missing the big picture. But his love for his friend, his love for his Savior. And sometimes we get out of whack on some of that stuff. So what happens is the hours unfold. They come and get Jesus. He willingly goes with them, right? And the Bible says, before the rooster crows, he's denied here three times. Whoo, man. I bet you he felt ashamed. I bet you he was scared. I bet you he was overwhelmed. But what happened when Jesus rode on, rose on the third day? 
after the death, burial, and resurrection, after he, he poured out his blood for each and every one of us, and he rose like he said he did, and there was an empty tomb. And, and we go a few chapters over, and they're going back to what they used to do, going to do a little fishing. But all of a sudden, a long way off, they see somebody up there, and they go, man, that's the Lord. That's the Lord. Peter can't even say, man, he's jumping out the boat. He's running there to Jesus. And what happens? Jesus restores him. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? I kind of, the, the, one of the last things he says on the third love, yeah, I think I'd probably be in the same place. I thought I did. I mean, I do. But you know all things, Lord. I never thought I was going to sell you out, but it did. Feed my sheep. Reinstated him, reinstored, re restored his life, redeemed him. Now think about that. When Jesus was in the garden and praying, man, can y'all just hang out for a few? Pray with me. Yeah, we got it. On his own. Did he cut him loose? No. He restores him. And he restores us. Amen. He restores the broken. And I tell you what, every one of us have been in a broken situation at some time or another. So here we go. You are still valued even when you have failed. That's going to help somebody today. Helps me every day to realize you are still valued by God, right? Even when you have failed. So you know the problem with the religion? Religion is if you fail, you out. You know what's great about a relationship? We fail. God said, I knew you would. At time to time, I'm going to pick you back up. I love you. You know? Just because your kid does something a little bit, you don't say, well, you're out of the family. Now you're out. You're done. You might have to correct them. You try to do it in love. And you have a teachable moment. Say, look, Junior, this is why we do this. And this is why I said don't do this. This is not the best for you. But I want you to keep going. See, that's what moms and dads do, right? That's what we should do in family. So I want you to know today that God sees your value. And as we center our life on Jesus, we reflect him even better. But here's the thing. The message of the cross is this. Jesus died so you could live. Let's go back to the title we're talking about here today. What do we say? Find your life. When you lose your life in the midst of the relationship with the Lord and find his life, you've got so much more. You've got so much more. The message of the cross is this, Jesus died so you could live. And a lot of times, many times, preaching to me first, we live so far under what God has purchased for us. Amen? Healing, redemption, right? Forgiveness, grace, mercy, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, right? Do we experience that? Oh, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Hey, I'm not ever, ever, ever listening to minimizing somebody going through something. I take it very seriously. And, and, and folks that know me, I'm a very compassionate person, man. I'm going to tell you, the chances are, not on everything, but there's a couple times I've either been through or sat with somebody, but there's a lot of stuff I've never been through. But I'm willing to sit with you. I'm willing to pray with you. I'm willing, I'm willing to, 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 to just love my neighbor as I love myself. I pray that that's where I'm at on that. And some days, to be honest with you, probably not. But through the strength of the Lord in our life, we grow closer to that and reflect in him every day.
So I want you to know that that's motivation as we continue to go through. We're not, I, I had a little note here. I said motivation for living for Christ doesn't come from trying to impress God. It comes from realizing that life without him is futile. And that's something. He just wants you to rely on him. You know, where you going to, hey, Lord, look at this. Look at this. Look how much I can bench press. Look at the new song. No. Lord, I need you. When I get out of bed, when I wake up, I need you. When I'm going through, going to my job, I need you. When my family's going through different things, I need you. When I'm speaking into somebody's life, Lord, I need you. I need you. I need you. And good as he say, come on. You can never exhaust the grace of God. I'm not telling you to live any way you want. I'm telling you when you realize that your life is centered on the Lord, you want to live for him. Sometimes we've got to make adjustments, but you know what? Go back to that. Think about this. I like this here too. Let me put it this way. I said, Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe because you owed a debt you couldn't pay. Now, that a priest right there, man. And, any, and, and I said, in your debt, and my debt has been paid in full. Let me ask you a question. Are you thankful for that? Are you thankful for that? Because I don't know. I know I can't read faces and hearts and everything else, but I'll tell you what. I know a lot of folks who say they're Christian and their face looks like this sometimes. All screwed up, man, like they just ate a pickle, man. I'm like, you got to be kidding. I, I, I'm not kidding you to going like that. I got to tell you, man, if my buddy listen to this, we got some new guys we just hired at work uh, the last week. It has been a blessing. Some young guys there and, and getting to speak into their life and seeing what's going on. So we went out to eat with some of the guys the other day, and they were talking about, you know, iPad and iPod, this, that, and everything else. And they talked about that they listened to a, 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 a podcast. And I told one of the guys, I said, we got a podcast? He said, really? Never said no more about it. Next day, man, my new friend would come in Friday. He come and say, buddy! I said, yeah. He said, man, listen to that on the way in. He said, it's going to be a good day, man. Thank you. I said, praise the Lord. Isn't that something? Starting this day out hearing the word. Not about buddy. It's about the Lord. So you know what, Jordan? If you're listening, keep on listening. Praise God. That's awesome, man. Start your day off listening to some teaching and preaching. Something that's grounded in the word of God. Man, I said, do we really, really appreciate what God does for us? I don't think we, I don't even think in my mind I can even grasp all of it. But I tell you what, the more I walk with the Lord, the more grateful I am towards the Lord. Amen. And I realize it's all about him and less about me. And, and there shouldn't be a proud bone in our body. I think sometimes it gets like that. But I'm going to tell you what, it's amazing, isn't it? One story about being proud. I'll give you this right here. Years ago when I was rocking and rolling, things were going pretty good. Man, we were doing it up, I thought. We were getting with it, man. They were going to do an interview on us and everything. They come out in this Rock Flash magazine. Woo! All right. What's that mean? Nothing. But anyway, it sounds good. <laughs> anyway, they come out. They take our picture. They want to know about the song set and how long we've been together and everything like that. I go down and get about 50 newspapers and everything else. Hey, oh, 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 you didn't get a paper? You know? <laughs> I'm just like, I won't walk in with the Lord, man. Nothing else. I was like, anything else. So anyway... I went to my mom and dad's house, and I was walking out there, had my flip-flops on, man, had that dude back there, shirt hanging down. I said, hey, man, uh, hey, look at this. I said, they wrote an article in the Newsflash magazine, and about that time, I stepped in some dog mess. I said, whew. My buddy said, that'll bring you back down to earth, won't it? 
<laughs> and the reason I share that is sometimes we're just going along, man. Yeah, look at this. But I'm telling you, in that minute, that's probably been 25 years ago. I go, whew, that ain't good. God's got a sense of humor now. I'm just telling you. But I'll tell you what. I always think about that. I said, Lord, I don't want to get like that again. I don't want to mess my shoes up. I don't want to get into that. But y'all are going to remember that part of the story, and that's all about, you know what? Are we humble? And I tell you what, man, God is so good to us, we need to center our life on the grace of God. Everybody doing good so far? I'm going to read a little bit for you here, tell you about how much the Lord loves you. Romans 8, 31, 37, it says this, 31, it says, When, excuse me, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? What trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, right? What's going to separate us from him? And he says, as it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep for, to be the slaughter. Look at how he brings it home here. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. Does that help you focus on Christ a little bit more? See, one of the biggest things that I talk to people about in the last 20 years about Jesus is do they know the Lord? And many times, folks have walked with the Lord and different things like that, and and they don't have a, a full understanding, and I want them to have the understanding, is that when God saves you, it's for eternity. When we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel message, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, how he poured out his blood for us, right? Paid our sin debt in full, and we asked the Lord to come into our life. Forgive us of our sin today, Lord. I'm trusting you, Lord. Help me to walk this out. Forgive me. Guess what? He says, you're saved. You're sealed. And then we want to walk it out, right? But I'm going to tell you what. If we start thinking about all this stuff, you'll find out how rich you are in resources. Everybody doing good? I'm going to blow through this real fast. We're rich in the resources. Look, just like I explained here, you need nothing. You need nothing. Verse 31, 32 says this, explaining this. If God was willing to give his son, he will be willing to give you all the spiritual resources you need as a believer. Did you notice the rhetorical question here? Look at this. How will he not also... With, with him, generously give us all things. He's going to give us all things, right? Now, don't misunderstand me. Some people would take that and take it out of context. He's going to give me a new house, a boat, and all. I'm telling you, I'm talking about the spiritual resources that you have as a believer. You don't get saved and you're a baby Christian and you only get half the, 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 the saving. You get the whole package. But as we grow in the Lord, we start understanding more, right? Our understanding and working and walking those things out. And let me tell you, God is for us. So we lack nothing when it comes to our salvation and the resources that are from Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at this. this. I should have made this even bigger. I want y'all, can y'all read that with me? Let's do it on three. One, two, three. Jesus' opinion is the one that matters. Woo! Now, I'm going to tell you what. You get that right there. You can walk with that. It's not what the neighbors think. And not what the people at school think. It's not what your boss thinks. Now, we'd like to leave a good impression on everybody and, and, and reflect the Lord. But some folks just aren't going to receive that, are they? 
They're just not going to receive it. Love them where they are. Man, I tell you what, I could have saved myself a lot, a lot of heartache if I could just digest that years ago. How about you? You know, it's crazy. You want to you run with the pack? You want to you blend in? We're, we're created for relationships, you know, and we kind of lean into different things. Anybody ever, ever had some peer pressure? Crazy. How many people know my swimming lessons? Zero. I don't swim. I hang out with my buddies. We speak, smoke it. Smoke. We jump into. They probably were doing that too. Notice how I slung the monkey on them, didn't I? <laughs> we're going to go and sneak into the hotel with a deep swimming pool. And I go, yeah. I don't swim. <laughs> I know God is gracious, right? Get over there, going to jump in. So my buddy said, we've done this before. He said, what you do is this. Go around to the far side, find out what number is way over there. And when the guy comes out to ask you what room we got, we're going to tell him it's the one over there. So we're like, we're like in G. He said, everybody, we're going to be in G305 or whatever. Okay, so we get out there. And my buddies are out there off the diving board. I'm over there doing this. <laughs> you ain't even so cool when you're about 14 doing this, right? What a knothead, boy. I get over there. I said, well, I'll tell you what. I was always pretty good at running and jumping. I'll just, I don't know how to dive. I'll just jump all the way to like the four foot. I took off. Boom. And I'm going, ah, you're supposed to dive, man. You're not supposed to go like, ah. I jump out, man. I hit the kids with the water wing. Everybody over there. The moms are mad. Everything else. The guy comes out with a cigar going, hey, you. I'm going, all this stuff over there. Where are you from? Uh, gee. So then the, the whole plan is then you run around the side. And I'm sitting there thinking, as I'm getting the chlorine out of my nose and everything, that was not smart. That was not good. How about in your life now? Now you say, man, I would never do that. We do the same thing. We do the same thing. We jump right on in. We go with the flow. A little won't hurt. Turn the movie on a little bit more, a little bit because everybody does whatever the deal is. Next thing you know, you have drifted off course in your way over here. And you go, how did I get here from here? You know, how did I get here? But the good news is God will still come and get you and take you right where you are. Because he sees something in you worth it. Amen. Look at this. I want you to know this. You are secure in Christ. How many people like security? Can you imagine going to work? And some people have done this. I, I, I work with a guy that came from another place. He worked for years in a place. I don't know, 20 years, 25 years. Went in one day, getting ready to go. And the door had a lock on it. Chain, done, out. And come to find out, when he went to try to find out what's going on, try to pull his retirement out, they had been pulling the money off everybody's retirement to keep the doors open. I'm thinking that ain't real secure. Man, you ain't got to worry about that with the Lord. You don't have to worry about that, man. He says, I got you. You're secure. And as I go and, and, and read more, let's go back to this. Verse 35 that I had over there. You guys can pull that up. A little homework, uh, Romans 8 this week. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Man, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all things you are more than conquerors through him. That ought to change the way that we approach everything in our life that we are more than conquerors. I don't feel like a conqueror. You don't know what's going on at my house. I, I, just, I understand. But I know what God says, and I want to encourage you, that this is who he says we are in him. 
that we're secure in Christ, that we have all the resources from the Lord. See, if the Lord is your resource, you'll have the resources. Amen? Mom and daddy might not be able to do this or Uncle Joe or whatever else, but I'm going to tell you what, when it comes to this right here, the Lord will make a way. And I'm going to tell you what, we need to be grateful and thankful because we are rich in the resources of Christ. Everybody doing good? Well, let's keep on rolling. We're going to bring it home. Now that we've got that under our belt, take a look at this. We need to be proclaiming the purpose for what we're here. We found our new life in Christ. We're going to reflect the Lord. Let's take a look at this. I love this. Galatians 2.20. And Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Here we go. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Man, let me tell you what. Is that the life we're living now? What do we got to do to make the adjustment in our life to live like that? What do we got to do? That's the answer that only you can answer. I said to, he wants us to live our life by faith in Christ to bring glory to God and to bring hope to others. When you're going through a tough time, you need to call up somebody and say, uh, you know, what's going on? They go, man, I don't think you're going to make it. Anybody got people like that? Have they run into people like that before? Yeah. Now, I love my daddy. Y'all know that. I don't want him to come see me in the hospital when he was living. Because I'm going to tell you right now, he'd be going, hey, this ain't looking good. This is not looking good. What? You're not looking good. Get off my airline. You know? <laughs> Maybe that's it. I don't know. But I always told him, I said, when, when, later on, I said, whatever you do, don't tell dad I'm in the hospital. Because he'd come up there, man, he'd be where, oh, he, oh, everything else. I know he loves me and everything else, but he just gets so overwhelmed sometimes with stuff. But, man, as my dad started walking with the Lord. Amen. Man, let me tell you, that thing's changed, boy. I love that. Then I call my dad. Dad, I got an ache and pain. He said, well, you need to be praying about it. Let's pray about it. Woo! My dad got saved before my mom got saved. And she said, all he wants to do is read his Bible. I said, leave him alone. Leave him alone. Man, I'd come over to say, hang out in the garage. My dad give me the test questions. Do you know all the names of the disciples? I go, no. He said, I memorized them. Ready? I won't know if you missed one, but go ahead. He just loved the Lord. He started loved, loved just digging in there. Then my mama got saved. <laughs> Things are good there, boy. That's good. I ain't never forget it. My mom called me. She said, I just want to let you know I was watching 700 Club, and they said if I prayed this prayer, I need to share it with somebody. I just gave my life to Jesus. Woo! Come on, mama. That's good stuff. Man, isn't that what you want? You love fellowshipping with your family. You want them all to be with you. When we take the last breath here, take our first breath here. See, that's how you deal with things when something goes on with somebody. When, when we have a loved one, and it hurts, man, when we lose someone. But the difference is this. When we know that they know the Lord, Amen. we have hope. And we know it's just a matter of time till we see them again. Amen. That's what I'm talking about here. But as we're here, we're going to shine bright for the Lord. Let's take a look at this. Matthew 5, 16. Many of y'all heard this. In the same way... Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Did a little underlining on that. Why should we do that? So that they will give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We need to reflect that light. I was doing a devotion the other day. I talked about most any light's got to be plugged into something to, to, to illuminate. I'm going to tell you what, if you want your life to illuminate, you need to be plugged into Christ. And not only that, we are to be a reflection. 
I would say, Lord, help me to be a mirror of Christ. I pray that a lot of times. Lord, help me to be a mirror of Christ. So when people hang out with me or something like that, they say, that, guy, that guy's a little different. Why, why? But I knew him before, you know. And there's days ago, who are you? <laughs> we all go through that. But see, remember what I said? That God still sees our best even on our worst day. So think about this. When you find your life in Jesus, you find the true purpose of life itself. That's where I'm getting at. Why are you here? Have you ever thought about that? When you leave here, will it, will it really make a big difference eternally? You could build some buildings. You could do this. You can do everything else, you know, whatever. But what has God used in your life here that impacts the kingdom of God? What has God done through you and gifted you to do or called you to do that will glorify your Father in heaven? What is it? I got a friend of mine that I spend time with and different things and, and, and folks, and I feel like that sometimes too. Man, I didn't even start getting a good picture of what's going on in my life uh, that God wanted to do in my life until I was like 30 years old. Many of y'all heard the story. Went to church once when I was five, once when I was 30. There's a lot of time in between there. I'm going to tell you today, if you're watching, you're 89 years old or 100 years old, you know what? Today could be your day. Today can be your day. Don't worry about what happened behind you, man. I always say there's a reason the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror. You can't plow looking backwards, man. I'm going forward. I'm going forward. And I'm going to tell you what, as you get your heart wrapped around the things of God and you start reflecting him, right, and we're centered on the things of God, guess what? It starts to change the whole atmosphere in your life, in your family, in your relationships, at your work. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? How are we doing on time? Oh, the buffet ain't even open yet. Y'all good. We're good. I shared this story. I know some of you guys just love me through it. Some of you guys have heard some of these stories, but I think it's worth saying. On my job, I've been on my job 32 years now, something like that, and got saved during the time I've been there and everything else. And, and um, I remember probably about five years ago, there was a fatality on the, on the field. I didn't know what happened. Whenever a guy was, was working in a, in a tunnel, underground tunnel out there, and had a heart attack. And I was out in my little office, and I was getting ready to go. And the lady of human resources called me crying. Whoo! Humbling time. Humbling time. She said, we've had a fatality. I'm not asking you to do your job. I'm asking you to do what you've called, been called to do. And the guy that was ahead of the contract said, call Buddy. Now, please, I'm not saying buddy, buddy, buddy. I'm saying, you know what? When everything's stripped away, people are going to come to people that know Jesus. Amen? And I was able to go down there. I didn't know what I was going to walk into or anything else like that. And I'm praying, Lord, give me the words to say. And through that, God, God just showed up and ministered to those guys. And God gets the glory for that. But you know what? You might just be that one person they call. You might be the neighbor that they run to and say, hey, I don't know what's going on in my world here right now, but I know that you know somebody that's greater than all this. Would you be willing to take the time? Would you be willing, right, for the true purpose of your life to be shared with somebody else? Think about that. How many, does anybody ever think about that? What am I here for? What am I doing with my life? Do we think about that? I'm going to tell you what, 
We are created to praise the Lord. We are created to point to our Heavenly Father. We are created. God has gifted us and put us in a time and a place such as this so that we can be difference makers. We come in here and get charged up, and then we go out into the highways and the byways and share what God's been showing us, man. Invest in other people. Spend some time with them. How much have you been praying for your neighbor? How much? Hey, what about the guy you work with? What about your family? And everybody said amen because your family is the hardest one to reach, right? Because they think you're just going through a time. I'm not going through a time. I stepped in to a relationship for eternity through Jesus Christ. Time, time is not a big deal because you know what? God's not bound by time. I look at the watch and I look at the sand and, I, and, and the hourglass and all those things. I go, man, it's running out, man. Time's running out. That doesn't have to be a bad thing. I think it keeps your feet close to the fire so you keep looking and going and doing because I want to be a difference maker. How about you guys for the Lord? You know, you heard the whole thing when you go to, the, to, to uh, uh, look at the cemetery and different things like that and you look at the marker. What did you do with your dash? You know, what did you do with your dash? And if you got a little, got a little age on you, don't think you can't use something with your dash. If you're young, don't think you're too young that, that you couldn't do anything for the Lord. It's amazing. Have you ever seen some folks when, they, when they're real little and, and, and they start getting it? It's amazing. I'm going to tell you what, man. When our kids was coming up, we were always talking about Jesus, everything else, playing guitar, man. Made sure when Jesse was, when Denise was carrying Jesse, had a little cassette player and had a, uh, a little speaker. Every night I would put the, the, the first uh, CD, well, it's a, it a cassette then, that we did. Talk about Jesus, talk about Jesus, talk about Jesus. I said, when that boy gets here, he's going to know his dad's name and he's going to know about the Lord. I'm going to tell you what, the first words he ever spoke was Jesus. Let me tell you what. And it was so amazing because me, Thomas, and Denise was there. And we're eating. And he said it twice. Jesus, Jesus. I probably said, I'm hungry. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, I wish, I wish that was my so, so you know what? They say, train up a child. Man, I want to keep going to keep going. You know, Thomas and them were not here. Addie was up all night and everything, and that's all right. I went to Costco yesterday, did a little shopping, and, I, and there was some ladies there, and they had, they had a basket here and had a fresh baby here, new baby here, and I know enough about this. I was, what's that? What did I do? A fresh baby, brand new man, this baby, yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with that? She's fresh, man. Factory fresh. I didn't check the date on her or anything, but she, but she <laughs> I was like, what just happened? A new baby. Y'all work with me. New baby. And I know from being, being this granddad thing, you don't touch no baby. You don't move on. I just said, excuse me. Uh-uh. Yeah. And it was both the grandmothers. I said, I'd like to get by there, but I don't want to touch the baby. She said, don't touch that baby. I said, I just got one myself. I ain't touching nobody's baby. I got one to hold myself. So there. So she moved that. I said, I need to get over here. I got to look for something for my granddaughter. And they said, what's that? I said, there's a piano over there. She said, how's your granddaughter? I said, two weeks. <laughs> she said, honey, I think you got a little time. I said, well, I, it's a good sale. Just make sure. <laughs> I'm ready, man. But I won't go touch that baby boy. You draw back some shortages. <laughs> so. But you know what? That's how grandma felt about the baby. How do you think the Lord feels about you? Huh? Knows every hair on your head, and it's getting easier to count for most of us, right? Time go by. But God is for us. Amen. So I pray today that you know what? As we look through things and we see what God has for us, that you find your life 
in Christ. Let's read this again. Jesus says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. We need to make Christ a priority in our life. Is he your life? Is he your savior? Will you trust him today? Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for joy and laughter in the grace of God, Lord, but we take it serious when it comes to Jesus, Lord. And I am so grateful, Lord, that you give us the the opportunity to come boldly to you. Lord, I know that as people may watch this later and maybe somebody here today, they might be going through a tough time. I pray that the message was encouraging them today to realize that as we lose our life for ourselves and we focus our life on Christ, we really gain it all. We have all the resources that we need to be secure in you because you hold our salvation. Father, you are the one. You are the one that we want to reflect. You are the one that we want to bring glory to. But Lord, with that, we want to bring others to the saving knowledge of your son, Jesus Christ. So if you're here today and you say, buddy, that sounds good, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, friends, the Bible says we can know. The Bible tells us that all of us sin. We've all sinned. And the Bible tells us that there's one remedy for sin, and his name is Jesus. Don't reject him. He's the only way to heaven. When we reject the Lord, we really just purchase heaven. I mean, not heaven, but hell. But Jesus purchased heaven for us. You don't have to go to hell. You can come to Christ right now just the way you are what must I do the Bible says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ Lord come into my life I believe you're the son of God Lord I thank you for paying my sin debt in full because I couldn't pay it but you love me and you paid it I believe you're the son of God and today Lord come into my life and forgive me and help me walk this out to honor you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Friends, I'll tell you, if you got any questions about what we talked about today, don't leave here the same way. Grab one of us and let us pray for you and pray with you. If you're watching right now and you say, man, I, I came in on the tail end of the message, man, watch it again. Go to keeperpromise.org. Watch some of the other things. If there's any questions, if you need somebody to pray with you, if you need somebody to encourage you in the Lord, we want to point you to Jesus. So you guys continue to share the message and we love you. And everybody said Amen. All right. Give the Lord.